This moment of relief brought to you by your local State Farm agent, who also brings relief with all your auto insurance needs. Call State Farm agent Greg Bartleski in Charlottesville today. Before CY Radio, its employees or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Market and Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show, the show that brings you the top speakers in the marketing and video industry. Hi, and welcome to Liberty Virtual Solutions. We present our podcast series called Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Mason. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss marketing and mentorship, and you're going to learn some crucial information that will help you grow your business. So make sure you listen to us live on W4CY.com radio station every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. So I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever experienced and a seemingly overbearing people at work, I mean, those that, you know, you just have a hard time getting along with, you know, that kind of person. Well, here's another question. Have you ever worked for the seemingly overbearing boss in one of those people in that, in that environment? And then also at the other end, have you heard um, of people that are really like passive employees, you know, those kinds of people that are kind of laid back kind of people? Um, well, one of them is an impossible person, and the other one is an unreasonable boss. So we can all agree that despite overbearing bosses, superiors, or colleagues, that any employee should assert themselves against this behavior, right? You know, we got to stick up for ourselves. That's the key. So we're going to be sharing with you some five secrets that are going to show you the importance of asserting yourself into the workplace, or actually in the workplace. So we're going to start off like many employees and in some cases, employers speaking up against ill treatment in the workplace is considered risky. So people are afraid to stand up for themselves and they pretend to be content with the status quo. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not never satisfied with the status quo. But whilst maintaining the silence is comfortable and safe for most people, the downside is of stress and burnout and low self-esteem that can result to uh, from continued mistreatment from your fellow employees. And my question is, do you really want to stick around a job that's going to make you feel like you have the lower than the than a total pole? I mean, like really low in the bottom of the total pole with I mean, I don't think I would. But anyway, you need to start learning to assert, asserting yourself in the workplace so that it ensures that your mental health, dignity, and self and sense of self-worth are maintained. Because to be honest, your mental health and your self-worth and dignity are more important than a job, to be quite frank. Um, my just personal opinion on that last statement, the same. But no doubt, standing up for your rights is the key to happy and healthy work environments. The challenge, of course, there's always a challenge, is often comes when people use the wrong approach to be heard and treated fairly. Whether it's asserting yourself against a difficult boss or disrespectful employee or colleague who belittles you, the tools are, you use are pretty much the same. So today we're going to teach you how to insert yourself in the workplace properly because there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. So we're going to teach you the right way. First, as I tried to indicate earlier, know your worth. 
know what your self-dignity is your and your mental health and your sense of self-worth. Oh my gosh, it's so important because when you are asserting yourself, it begins with confidence, which is a valuable asset that you bring to your organization. It becomes so much easier to start difficult conversations when you know the contribution you make in the, to your workplace is meaningful. So be confident when you present information to people, period. It doesn't matter if you're traditional office, virtual assistant, or an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter what your background is. Be very confident in how you present information, okay? Now, most employees feel inferior in the more complex fabric of larger organizations. This often makes it easy targets for those who are confident about what they bring to the table. So always remember that the picture would be incomplete without the smallest piece of the puzzle, like yourself, right? You may think you're a small piece, but really every piece of the puzzle helps make a well-oiled machine, so to speak, in the workforce, okay? So you need to tread carefully. However, there's a thin line between self-confidence and self-importance, or even the topic of arrogance. So just remember, know that you are valuable just as you are, okay? You have, you are worthy, okay? So also number two, know your rights. It's important to read through companies' policies and legalese that often comes with employment contracts. Always read through your job descriptions and responsibilities so that you understand exp their expectations and your employer has a view because that you need to know what you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis, right, to keep your job. So this will protect your rights when the calling your supervisor oversteps the boundaries. It protects you from being taken advantage of and knowing your rights helps you say no to unethical or unrealistic demands that can be placed on you. Basically, trust your gut. If you if something isn't right, then you need to question what, what the motive is behind it and nip it in the butt. Um, when you know your rights, you will not be forced into inappropriate roles that you do not want to do. And you have to be able to take action against that, okay? Then number three, know when to be assertive. All rights come with a boundary. While portraying assertion, you need to know your limits. And there are certain demands that you cannot place on other people in the name of being assertive. Assertion seeks equal footing, but should never disregard the rights of others. Always study the environment before making unrealistic requests. If the organization is not doing well and the bosses are overwhelmed with financial demands, it's probably not a good time to have conversations about a raise, right? Got to keep that in mind, you know? If the company is understaffed, it's probably not a good time to ask for vacation time, okay? Uh, if your fellow employee is making you uncomfortable, it's probably not wise to call them out during the daily staffing meeting. Wait until after the staffing meeting and then be... Um, upfront with that person and address it appropriately at that time. So be observant and make good decisions and discern appropriate times and when to address the boundary issues with your coworkers. Now, I do have two more points. I'm going to be very short with them and then I will have them in a blog post for later on. So uh, that will be available later on. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I want to keep it to a short this window of time, so I have enough time for my speaker, get speaker for today. <clears throat> the fourth one is being assertive or not aggressive. So real quick, being assertive can often be confused with being aggressive, and here's the reason. The thin line between 
the two requires you to be careful about how you present your grievances and make your demands. And here's a simple, simplified version. An aggression approach is usually often accusatory and confrontational. And an assertive pro approach is confident yet calm and seeks to help the other person so that they see your point of view without demanding theirs. Okay. That's the difference. There's more on that. I will put into the blog post. Okay. For number five, assertion as the workplace translates to confidence. This attribute attracts the respect of your coworkers and the supervisors and restores a great sense of worth and helps you be more effective at work. Again, more on that when we in the blog post, okay? We have the blog post. So, quick, quick conclusion, you need to learn when it's appropriate to be assertive at work so that you can receive better results. And this varies from asking your boss for a raise to asking a colleague to be more respectful when addressing you in the presence of your peers and asking them to share um, on a given project. So, all of these are difficult to undertake, but at the same goal is to bring satisfaction once the project or situation is done. So, to assertion, um, assertion in the workplace translates to confidence. So, this attribute attracts respect of your coworkers and your supervisors, and it helps make them realize how valuable you are. So remember that. And it restores a great sense of self-worth and helps you be more effective at work. So it also attracts visibility as, as people are often willing to buy into ideas and insights from self-assured people and practice self-assertiveness in your day and life and in, in your life and be assured of a healthier work environment for your, you at work and also in your life as well. So you're probably wondering, how does this relate to the topics of the episode? Well, our speaker today is going to be focusing on marketing and mentorship. And I'm sure there'll probably be a little discussion about the having to be assertive in the workplace at some point in, there, in that process. But anyway, uh, Deborah, um, and she can pronounce it for me later when she joins us in the next segment. But Deborah Olentiji is a writer, award-winning poet, an education activist, public speaker, and founder and author of Unleashing Your Innovative Genius High School Redesign. Plus, she also even has her own uh, podcast that's starting. So that's really exciting for a new development for her. Um, and I'm excited for her. So Deborah is also from Delaware. So she's just up the road from Virginia. So that's awesome. Just a couple states over. So that's awesome. But today she would like to talk to you about marketing and mentorship for the Gen Z uh, and I'm going to repeat myself probably here, but generation. Um, she will be engaging and provide crucial information to grow your business. So make sure you stay right here at W4CY.com radio for an amazing episode of Marketing Mindset Mastery. We go on the air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. And that ends this segment of our show. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery radio show with your host, Marie Mason. And we will go to a commercial break now. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Liberty Virtual Solutions help coaches and small business owners in creating a clear marketing message that will attract paying clients through social media marketing for an increased marketing and sales conversion. Visit www.LibertyVirtualSolutions.com for more details. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Hi, and welcome back to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. Our next guest is Deborah. And Deborah, how do you pronounce your last name? Olatunji. Olatunji. I apologize if it was wrong. But she's a writer, award-winning poet, and an education activist, plus a public speaker, founder and author of the Unleashing of Your Innovative Genius High School Redesigned, um, and also she is from Delaware. Um, and she also is a board member of the at the Grip Tape and founder of the Student Leadership Initiative Program. It's called SLIP. Is that correct? Let's make you draw her it right. Yeah, slip. Okay. Yeah, okay, good. And then I also found out you have a podcast. We'll be running that up later. Okay, in, in this discussion. But today she would like to talk to you about the topic marketing and mentorship for Gen Z. So take it away, Deborah. Yes, thank you so much for having me on your show, Mary. I'm super excited to be speaking with you today about marketing and how it works for, you know, people who are in my age group or Generation Z and really just how to speak to us and captivate our attention. I'm looking forward to it because um, I had somebody I'm working with that actually works with the Gen, Gen Z uh, generation, and and, the, and that's his focus for his church, for building his church. So we may have to talk about that afterwards. So anyway, and his church happens to be online, so we'll talk about that afterwards. But anyway, um, and, it's, and I'm excited about the Gen Z because you guys are dealing with a pandemic and all sorts of crazy stuff going on and and yet you guys are still flourishing and i'm so grateful that you guys are doing a fantastic job at, you know helping out too i see so many good examples of that but my first question to you is and by the way welcome to the show um first of all i found out that you told me recently that it's your birthday so i'm going to have to sing it i'm sorry i'm gonna to have to say it so happy birthday to you happy birthday <laughs> to you happy birthday to you Deborah. happy birthday to you because her birthday is tomorrow i don't know if you want to reveal your age so i'm not going to want to say that unless you want to it's up to you but anyway happy birthday from all of us at w4cy.com and marketing mastery Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio shows say that 20 times and not get tongue-tied. <laughs> <laughs> and then at Liberty Virtual Solutions, because we're all in it together. So anyway, um, I'm really, really excited to have you on today. Uh, you are by far, I will say, my youngest uh, um, speaker, but you have such an amazing uh, talent um, and such a good message. I had to share it with you and my audience. So we're going to dive on in. So first of all, tell me exactly what you do. Can you give me like a short summary? Yeah. So I'm okay with revealing my age and thank you so much for the happy birthday. song. I really appreciate it. So as of right now, (laughs) as of right now, I'm 17, but I'm turning 18 tomorrow and (laughs) yeah, I'm super excited. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I do feel a little bit old, but um, I'm super excited. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to be coming an adult, even though I feel like I've been living a somewhat adult life for a really long time. I am a author, a speaker, and a founder. And the word that I usually use to capture what I do at my core is igniter. And that just means that I see myself as an unstoppable creator who works together with different communities to bring them together, to collaborate, to innovate, to really disrupt the systems that aren't working and to progress to make 
solutions that actually work. And so I've been doing that in education with racial justice. I'm getting into that with healthcare because I'm majoring in nursing and minoring in public policy. And I'm super excited to be, ha- I'm super excited to be having this conversation with you because oftentimes people ask me, you know, how do I communicate with your generation? And I'll tell you, there are a couple of tips that you can use to really get your message across to us and hopefully get us aboard on your mission. That is fantastic. Yeah, we'll have to dive into those topics. In fact, if you would like to, we can actually, um, let's go in that real quick about about that before we dive into the rest of it, because I don't want to forget my, my questions <laughs> later on in the show. How would you jump into this uh, really quickly? Um, talk about those two topics that we just mentioned. Yeah, so in terms of marketing to my generation, I think that um, personally, one of the most important pieces of a brand of a company beyond, you know, their political stance on different issues is just their awareness around what is going on with my generation. Like you mentioned that we're handling the pandemic in a bit of a different way than older generations are, because this is the core um, personal development stage of our lives. You know, when we're going off to college, whether it's your last year of senior year or your last year of college, you know, you're really trying to figure out what you want to do for the next couple of years. And when you're hit with a pandemic with all this uncertainty and all this, you know, worry and confusion, it's added on to the stress Mm -hmm. and the pressure that we have as young people to automatically know what we want to do with our lives. And whenever people meet me, they automatically think that I know everything that I want to do, that I have my entire (laughs) like next couple years planned out. But I can assure you that I am just as um, open to learning new things and finding new paths as everyone else is. And I definitely don't have everything all together. And that's not something that, you know, we should be striving for. Instead, we should be focusing on how can we, like I said, impact our communities, how can we disrupt those systems that don't work? And then also, how can we give back to communities that currently exist? And so if you're an organization or you're thinking of becoming an organization, I would definitely read the room, you know, see what issues are important to us right now. And then also see if there's an existing organization that you can maybe collaborate with or, you know, support because empowerment is something that you almost learn along the way. Like you understand that it doesn't have to be something that someone gives back to you, but it's something that you enjoy doing. And so for me personally, I love empowering other creators and, you know, Sometimes you get that in in return, but that's never the motive for doing it, you know? So when you're motivating or empowering someone, you're doing it from your heart. You're no, you know, you're doing it because you truly um, believe in it. Resonate. Yes. You truly believe in resonating with it. Yeah, your heart's centered. You're focused on others and rather just trying what's in it for me. So yeah, Precisely. exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Now that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show because you have such a like I said, you have such an important um, viewpoint that would speak to your generation. And I know that my audience is probably all over the world in in that we have people from all different countries and all different nationalities and also all different generations. So, um, but it's nice to be able to hear from a, a perspective from your in your generation because we can learn from each other. We can collaborate. It's not about age. Age is a number. It's a mm-hmm. mentality. You have a very ma- big maturity level on your shoulders. I mean, I've noticed that and recognized that about that. That's one of the reasons why I brought you on the show because you're a perfect fit for our show. So um, I appreciate you being here too, by the way. So the next question is, what is your core value in just a quick sentence? So I think that I went over this a little bit and I guess my core value is tied up in word and I also have a couple of key virtues that I live by, but my core value is in being an igniter and my mentor describes it as, you know, I just go through life seeing places where I can either empower or places that are already being empowered. How can I continue to add to the momentum to make sure that it's forward moving and not going backwards? And so I am always looking for 
um, fellow advocates, fellow um, students to encourage and to be motivated by. And it's honestly one of the most exciting parts of, you know, going through this personal development journey because I'm learning how to align my life to this word of being an igniter. And it's given me so much clarity in the midst of all of this confusion. No, that's perfect. And the reason why I repeated that was because you said so much in that first segment that I wanted to make sure that people really honed in on your core value because I feel like it's an important one. And we all have different kinds of of values. Like some people are igniters. Could you explain the differences of what those different um, core values are that you're sharing? Like the igniter, for example, which do you have other ones that that are also um, different kinds of values related to that one? Yeah, so this is kind of my mentor's domain and kind of how I met him. His name is Rich Keller, and he specializes in um, finding your personal brand through his one-word program. It's kind of like a one-word score. You can um, you, you can really learn how to tackle problems in your life and then also how to interact with others through this word. And so my older sister is a visionary. I know a couple of pathfinders, unifiers, um, there's a whole bunch of different core value words that you can end up finding. And I found this word through his program. And so I'd love to give him that shout out. Um, there's de- definitely a whole bunch of different core values. I've met other igniters as well, but there's, it's a, a wide range of words that you can eventually, you know, align your life around. We're probably going to jump around tonight. So I hope you don't mind. Cause as I, <laughs> hear, well, just cause as I hear things, I want to touch them so we can focus on what's still fresh in our minds. And you mentioned mentorship and I am a big advocate and promoter of mentorship, but I do some coach business strategy coaching too. So, um, so I helped entrepreneurs like yourself um, really get focused in on their business process and their message and all sorts of wonderful, cool aspects of the business side of the world. So um, one of the things I want you to touch on is, um, how did you find your mentor? Um, how long have you been with your mentor? And tell me a little bit, just like a summary, like a, one or two sentences about his program. Um, that's really what it is that, that attracted to your his program specifically. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. I think I found my mentor. Actually, I didn't go on a search like, hey, I'm going to find my mentor today. That's not what I did (laughs) when I eventually found him. I was doing interviews for my book, actually. And I was just going on LinkedIn because we have this thing, a part of my publisher's program called the Get Smart Phase. And that is essentially where for nonfiction writers, you are looking for people who are experts in their fields to talk about the you know subject that you're interested in. And I knew that I wanted to do a book on education and education reform, but I didn't want it to sound like a textbook. And so I was interviewing as many people who were in my circle and a lot of people who just seemed like they had really, not just seemed like they actually had really interesting life stories that I wanted to learn more beyond you know their LinkedIn page. And so I happened to interview my mentor before he even became my mentor. And um, so when we had that conversation, he was telling me his life story. And I don't know if you're ever considering to have him on your show, but he would be excellent, I think, for this kind of show, especially since he's in personal branding and whatnot. But he was telling me about how he used to work for a company, Godiva, and a whole bunch of different big um, cookie brands. And then he realized that he wasn't you know, in his life's purpose. And that was when he kind of had a reevaluation um, what he con- what he thought was like a lot later on in his path, which is why I understand and fullheartedly, you know, embrace the idea that you can never have one path in your life and that you're always exploring and finding new things that you're interested in because that's exactly what happened to him. And so um, after I did the interview, he told me about his program, you know, the score one word program to find my core value. And I was like, this sounds extremely interesting. And this was in April of 2019. So we actually celebrated one year in April this year. And then we're getting closer and closer to 
you know, the next, the second year of knowing each other, but I've known him for over a year now. And one of the most intriguing parts of his story was how selfless he was because he is a cancer survivor as well as his wife. And he's just learned a wealth of knowledge that I, I had never been exposed to before in that terms, in terms of that perspective. And he was just an incredibly selfless person that I knew that I wanted to have a part of my journey and almost talk to all the time because he's just, a, a ball of energy and he's just so committed to what he's doing to help people really um he, he's a catalyst that's what his word is so he's looking <laughs> to help people catalyze their lives and completely catalyze the way that they do business and the way they do life that's awesome no i i, I like how you put that in. and yes we will definitely be touching base with him so we could get him on the show so um we'll talk about that afterwards though <laughs> so um yeah i'm all so I'm going to put a plug in here. So anyone who wants to be a guest from W4CY.com, please reach out on my web, on the W4CY page and look for Marketing Mindset Mastery. And I'll be happy to schedule a time to talk to you about you and your topic and get to know you. So, yeah. So I'm going to put a plug in since you did, too. <laughs> but, um, hey, we all are here to promote each other and, and our gifts and talents, too. So that's, that's part of it. So I think we have time for you to um, talk about another topic. And then you've agreed to go on for the second segment since we were only – Able to book one, one person for this week and uh, you were kind enough to go if you're a night owl looking for a great job walmart is hiring overnight shift workers pay starts at 1450 to 1550 per hour and you'll earn great benefits including six percent 401k match one dollar a day college time off when you need it and discounts and savings other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts text 240 to 240 to apply with walmart today again all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Go on for a longer than normal topics. So this is awesome. Just so we can kind of deep, deeper dive this, this topic and get really good meat and potatoes in there for everybody. So um, we're just doing the introductory questions for this segment anyway. And then you're going to get into the meat and potatoes for the second segment. Um, so... You probably already touched on what's one of the, can you name one of the benefits of working with you? I think you talked about this, but just because I want to make sure I highlight certain things that so in case they got missed in the fast introduction. So in case you have to repeat, I'm sorry, but I wanted to make sure that it gets honed in on, on certain points. So what is the one key benefit of working with you and your program? I think one of the biggest, um, and refreshing parts of working with me is that I've been told that I have extremely contagious energy. So whether that's, you know, motivating you to get something done right now, I'm working in 
you know, writing because I did write a book and I want to help other authors who are pursuing that pathway. But I also make an effort to understand who people are and the full scope of that as opposed to just what they want to do, because it's very, you know, beneficial for their entire process in terms of figuring out what the, who their audience is, what kind of a feeling they want to give their audience when they're done interacting with their product, and then also what their mission is in general and how the, how they can reach out to different people to kind of have like a mission align so that, you know, you're helping someone else, you're helping your business, and everyone at the end of the day is working together to make that collective impact. Now, that's brilliant. I'm actually working on a book that's hopefully going to be published soon, so maybe we should talk about this afterwards, too. <laughs> so, definitely. Hey, yeah, we definitely connect. It's, it's funny. It doesn't, to me, it's not about, like I said, it's not about age. It's about heart-centered connections that you make with people, and it doesn't matter what their background is or their education. It's just more like, can you resonate with that person? And that's what I'm highlighting in, in almost every show, because, I mean, hopefully there's somebody that you, you hear on my show that you resonate with and connect with and want to reach out and 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 take them up on their offers you know because every one of our speakers will have an offer for you and we'll share the we won't share it on the first segment you will have to stick around for the second segment to get the offer um just so we don't get too repetitive right uh, so anyway now the last question i think we have about three minutes for um and then we're gonna go to a little bit of a break and then we'll pick it up on the second segment but the first the next question is how supportive is your family with your success at such a young age because when did you write your book even i mean i don't i mean i can't imagine i mean i think I wrote my book in 1989 when I was in college, so it was under 20, but it's taken me 31 years to get it to the point where it's almost published. So anyway, uh, what is your, what is the, tell me a short snippet about that. Yeah, so I started writing my book in actually October of 2018. That was when I was in contact with my publisher, but I didn't officially start writing until 2019 of January. So I was 16 at the time of starting to write, and then I published it. Um, this year when I was, I'm still 17. So when I was 17 in February. So um, for my family though, in terms of how supportive they are, I would say that my mother is just inc incredibly supportive. I think to a point um, where I honestly don't know where I would be what, be in my life without her because she has always motivated not just me, but my four other siblings. So she's raising five kids. Um, wow. She's motivated all five of us to always have like heart-centered um, missions towards life and then also to just trust in God in everything that we do. And so that mindset has ultimately encouraged me to not see anything as an obstacle. And if there are obstacles to try to find ways around them and also to help equip others with the skills and tools that they may need to, you know, tackle their own obstacles. But it's also been, you know, just seeing just an inc incredibly outstanding woman, you know, so dedicate and sacrifice her time to raise us. I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. And her, 110% dedication to not just my development, but the development of all four of my siblings has helped me, you know, determine that um, I can't live my life just for myself. You know, I have to live it in a mindset of how can I help others? How can I help empower someone else today? How can I, you know, be that smile in someone's day and how to, you know, help them transform if even if it's in a small way, the way that they see the world. So, I would say that my mother is incre incredibly supportive and then my sisters are just a blessing from God because I have three of them, <laughs> my four siblings, I have one brother and three sisters and all of my siblings are equally, maybe not equally, they're all incredible in their own right and I think that I've just been so motivated by their own drive also so it's not just me. Oh yeah, for sure. Other. 
for yeah. sure. It's not just yeah. me, you know, reaching for what I'm incredibly passionate about. It's also everyone around me. And so it's a great environment, great energy to be around where people are your soundboard and you're their soundboard as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love the way you put that. So, yeah, that's that's really what it is. is we need to be each other soundboard, but not in a negative way. We need to be each other mm-hmm. more positive, pick up on the energy and feed off of each other's energy. I like the way you kind of put that, so to speak. So that's awesome. Well, we are, are going to uh, have you continue and we're going to get more into your topic about marketing and mentorship um, and for the Gen Z uh, particularly so um and she'll be giving a call to action at the next segment so um please stick around so in the meantime um make sure you stay right here on w4cy.com radio for another amazing episode of marketing mindset mastery and we do go on the air every thursday at 6 p.m eastern that ends this segment of our show and we'll be right back you're listening to the marketing mindset mastery radio show with your host marie mason and we will go to a commercial break now We'll be right back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Liberty Virtual Solutions help coaches and small business owners in creating a clear marketing message that will attract paying clients through social media marketing for increased marketing and sales conversion. Visit www.LibertyVirtualSolutions.com for more details. Welcome back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show. Welcome back to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. Um, the same guest, Deborah and Olin G, and I'm probably butchering and I apologize. I will get that before I before we finish, is a writer, award-winning poet, an education activist, a public speaker, a founder and author of Unleashing Your Innovative Genius, which is also in part of the high school resign, redesigned. And then she is also based in Delaware. And she also is a board member at the Grip Tape and the founder of Student Leadership Initiative Program, or SLIP. Um, and then she would also like to talk to you about her topic about marketing and and mentorship for the Gen Z. So the first thing that we, just to recap, we really just went about your background and how you found your coach and how you became an author and all that kind of fun, cool background information. So, um, and we're going to actually talk about the meat and potatoes now. So take it away, Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Mary, for having me for the second segment of your show. Um, My pleasure. It's it's Ella Tunji. You did get closer this time. So I'm going to get it right. Before the before I mean eventually I'm gonna it takes me a few tries, but I do get it. So, <laughs> so I appreciate your patience on that. Um I, I try my best, but it, it's it, it's seeing it on paper and hearing it are two separate things. Would you agree on that one? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you need one of those audio computers or something to say it to make it sound right. So anyway, um so we're gonna um We've covered quite a lot of background, so now we're going to really dive into some of the meat and potatoes. So um, I'm going to actually ask you the next set of questions, which is what are you most uh, – I'm going to ask you one more question. Lead question is um, what is it that you're most passionate about in about a sentence or two? I think one of the biggest things that I'm passionate about is – 
just the great energy that can come from an intentional conversation, you know, conversations that center around how can we change the systems that aren't working, whether that's the government, the education system, our healthcare system, things in gender equality. And I'm really fond of learning the ways how we can disrupt these systems and provide people with the action steps that they need to solve the problem so that we don't have feelings of healthlessness or worry about how to really make progress in those areas. Yeah, that's brilliant. No, perfect. So, okay, so we got a few topics on your topic. And, and, you know, if there's something that you want to share that's not related to the topic, we can, and you want to go in a slightly different direction, we can probably go that. I think they all are related to your topic. Um, so, first question is How does your voice as a member of, of Gen Z affect the way you market your business? I think one of the biggest things that I focus on when I'm talking about marketing, whether that's you know, going on the speaking tour that I did, the physical one and the virtual one, and then also with the organization that I'm a part of and SLIP, the one that I founded, is trying to make sure that I'm understanding and listening to the perspectives of students who may be younger than me or older than me, but are still a part of Generation Z because we all have different perspectives about how systems should be running and different ways to solve the problems that exist, like I kept hinting at in the beginning. And so I think one of the biggest things has been Um, learning how to compassionately listen and to really embrace people and their opinions and then to work together to make sure that the solution that we're working towards is something that is truly equitable and efficient for everyone. Agreed. I actually talked about that listening skills in one of my episodes and one of my monologues. So yeah, that's all point. And that's such a crucial skill that I, that, we all need to learn to master. I mean, we're not perfect at it, but we're certainly, some are bigger than others. We'll just leave it alone at that. But you were mentioning something about your SLIP, the Student Leadership Initiative, and some of the things that you're doing to disrupt that education. Could you share some of that process with us? Yeah. So before I wrote my book, I founded, I was in the ideation process, actually, when I was a sophomore of founding this organization called the Student Leadership Initiative Program. And so I did all of the, I guess, curriculum and base foundation work for it during my sophomore year because I felt like I needed some more high school experience before I could start mentoring other high schoolers. And so I started the organization when I was a junior in high school. And the whole mission around SLIP is really equipping students with peer mentors who can help them navigate through high school and understand how they can use experiential learning to get a full experience, you know, and to really understand what they're interested in and all the different paths that they can be exposed into beyond STEM because I went to a STEM-based high school and that was kind of what people were pushing from the beginning. And so we're creating safe spaces where people can talk about art, they can talk about writing, they can talk about their business interests, they can talk about climate change, they can talk about politics, they can talk about everything and anything that they're interested in and have a safe place that isn't an echo chamber to really understand how they can pursue those avenues and then also use existing networks or create new networks through the networking and marketing skills that we eventually teach them. Um, to understand how they can go about this mission that they want to have, or just to learn something. That's ultimately usually the goal that students have. They just want to learn something that isn't so textbook and to have a really immersive um, way to understand what their interest is. More like a way of learning something that they can apply and actually use it in real life. Because so much of what we use in the textbooks, about maybe 75% of that, we might not ever use again and only use 25%. Would you agree that like... Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Most of that is just more background information so that we understand the reasons why we do things. It's not as much 
practical application. So I'm all for the practical application. I actually looked at the STEM uh, STEM program for my son, who's now 14, but um, he was not quite interested in that department. I don't know why, because he loves art and uh, he likes all sorts of different things that you mentioned, but, you know, it wasn't the right path for him. So, you know, you go with where you're you're best suited for so um but anyway going on to the next question that was really well um are you um i know you mentioned you're going off to college this fall are you gonna um how are you gonna reshape the education while you're following your own path on education and what is it that and, and also tell me a little bit more about what it is you are going to be um doing as far as studying for a degree you have a specific degree name in mind and that was the other path of the question, sorry. Yeah, so I'm going to be studying nursing with a minor in public policy this fall. And one of the first things that I'm definitely going to do is reorient myself with the education process in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania as a state, because I am very familiar with Delaware because that's where I've grown up in. That's where I've you know been educated. And so I want to take the time to really understand the landscape and also interact with activists that are already who already have their boots in the ground, you know, to understand, you know, what are the steps that we need to go moving forward? How can I continue to feel the momentum? And then also, how can we have a conversation that's more towards using this time period to be more restorative and um, helpful for students, as opposed to something that is repressive and, you know, inhibits their ability to learn because it's online. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, how are you disrupting it? I was going to ask you that question. So one of one of the biggest forms of disruption that I'm currently, you know, navigating through is having a real conversation on the curriculum that we have. And that's a topic that I really go in a lot of depth in my book. And the first part of this conversation is making sure that people understand that at the heart of education reform is figuring out the racial inequities that we have continued to sweep under the rug. You know, I talk about my education experience going to a predominantly white institution, and I'll be going to a predominantly white institution in the fall for college. And so navigating how we can create support systems for Black students, for Latinx students, for Native American students, and Asian American students, because our education system at the core of what we're learning excludes our stories. And that's a very big problem. And so, like I said in the beginning, I'm an igniter. And a part of that igniting is making sure that stories are told. And so that storytelling aspect of education is very much not present. And so one of the biggest ways that I'm trying to disrupt, not just with my book and bringing that into classrooms and school libraries and into teachers' um, discussion tables, but just encouraging students of the importance of telling their own stories and having the resources to do so. Awesome. Yeah. And one of the things I was going to ask you is... Um, when, when you leave college, what were you planning to do with that? What are you still planning to do, like the advocacy, education advocacy? How does your vision look like for your future? So this fall, I'm actually taking a course on saving schools, and it's talking about like the politics of education and how it's really become monopolized. So I'm definitely continuing to look into reshaping education and education reform in my college experience, which I'm really excited about. And honestly, like I said, it's getting familiar with the landscape of education in Philadelphia, and then also trying to see how I can use the work that I've done in Delaware to pass on to another activist as I transition into this new space that I'll be you know, spending my time in for the next four years. No, that's brilliant. No, I think it's fantastic. And I think we covered most of what pretty much are basic questions, but we haven't touched a whole lot on mentorship. So um, can you tell me a little bit about more? Because, I mean, you did go a little fast on the last segment. So tell me a little bit more about your mentorship program and how you, I know you touched on it briefly, but can you give us kind of like a little more of a snippet? 
so that we can understand what you're trying to accomplish with that? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that we're trying to understand in terms of um, initiatives and actually doing the work with students is understanding how being connected with someone and having actual conversations that go beyond how are you or how are your education, how is your education doing, how those questions that are much deeper can eventually affect the way a student sees themselves and also how they see the classroom. And so with peer mentorship, one of our core focuses is having upperclassmen like juniors and seniors, the seniors will mentor the the juniors and the juniors will mentor the underclassmen, so freshmen and sophomores. And it's honestly just asking questions to them that you know, are not just surface level and making sure that we communicate that we care about your education, we are investing in your education experience. And um, it's a little bit difficult when it's virtual because one of the core things that we do is we have a lot of in-person activities. I mean, when before COVID-19 happened, we had a lot of team building and um, bonding activities to talk about the, the certain issues that we were invested in, whether that was leadership or professionalism and public speaking and learning really how to do that as a student and how to network and, you know, expand your range of um, community and whatnot. And so we're definitely navigating new challenges with COVID-19 as we have been with other areas. <laughs> and we join actually are starting. Join the club. I think we're all dealing <laughs> with a new, new norm now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're starting anyway. a, a virtual, unfortunately, a virtual um, chapter in Tennessee this year, which I'm super oh, cool. excited about. And um, one of the biggest things that we're focusing on them in terms of mentorship and ma is making sure that they feel supportive, supported in this new, well, not, well, this, this online version of education that no one was expecting really because of, you know, the trajectory of how things were in March and trying to help them with their mental health as well, because we're not experts, but we do know that there are resources that exist that can help students to really succeed this fall. Perfect. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I like how you weaved all that in there. So um, I, I love your program. I think that the colleges are lucky to have you. And uh, are you working for that particular program? Or are you having your, just having your own business? So I'm the, yeah, so I'm the founder of that organization, the Student Initiative thought. Program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought so. And I just wanted to make sure because I was, I know that um, you just have a totally different pathways. Oh, and there are lots of different ways where you could still do team building exercises online. Maybe I could share some of those secrets with you after the show. So anyway, <laughs> um, I used to, I just a little snippet, I spent um, my whole life, uh, most of my life, um, in the field of education. I spent um, most of my life in younger years, all the way through college, of course, attending college to school. And then I continued as a teacher, as a preschool teacher for about 20 years. And um, actually getting ready to launch my first children's book, specifically talking about learning disabilities, because my goal was to be an advocate for learning disabled children. And that's one of my, my um, lifelong goals is to help them out because People are so misunderstood also like the Gen Z and generations, uh, Generation Z and, uh, that your age group is misunderstood and so much cementation there. And I'm trying to remove all that and just realize focuses on what people's abilities are and not what they can't do. Um, and because we can all contribute to society in different ways. So that's my um my take on that so um but yeah that's awesome we are actually down to the last few minutes of the show and i was going to have you share something um if you i don't know if you can um i was gonna say do you have um one one um okay you already talked about your future goals so i'm thinking we might have a, if you have can do it in like three sentences or less what is the one defining moment of your career we'll end on that one and then go into our our, our, our um 
last part of the question. So I've only been alive for less than two decades. So this question's a little bit tricky. So I guess that I would say since I'm at the part of my career where it's really starting to take off and I'm still navigating, you know, how to connect all the different interests that I've had, the most defining moment so far has been realizing how eager people are to to see you succeed and to help you reach your goals if you just ask and, you know, make that effort to build a relationship with them, a professional one at that, and then also networking. You know, I've met some of the most life-changing individuals online and some of the most amazing people among among this group. I've never even met them in person. And so ultimately something that I've learned is putting yourself out there in an intentional way can really lead to everything that you've ever wanted. And that's a good way to be able to um, do any marketing because when you're putting yourself out there like that, you're more likely going to attract the right audience and the right people that you're trying to connect to. Precisely. That's a brilliant, yeah, that's a brilliant way of doing that. So I want to thank De- um, Deborah for being on the show today, but I think you do have one. Um, don't you have something that you want to offer our audience before we end the show? Yeah, I would love for you to learn more about my book and future projects through my website, um, www.deborahalatunji.com. You can unleash your power and create the education experience that you deserve by buying my book, whether that's for your student, whether that's you're a parent who really wants to understand how to, especially in the pandemic, understand um, how education is changing and how we as a community can help its change. You can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble or Kobo, and the link is available on I think it's going to be available on your website. Yeah, I got to work on that. I have to update it. So I apologize. I'm just a little behind schedule on that. But I'll be posting my blog posts on there and along with the links from all of my um, past and current um, uh, what's called speakers. So there you go. Awesome. So I want to thank Deborah very much for being on our show and adding so much valuable tips to help our audience market their their, um, business and also for you know encouraging people to get mentorship because that's the key to growth and that, and i get mentorship and it just amazes me how much you all help us stretch us and help us grow so that's awesome so anyway um i encourage you also to go to her website at www.debra is it holland uh, it's a i pronounced it is it how do you pronounce it for the last Hola, name Tunji. Olgg.com. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to get it one of these days, I promise. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, it takes a few tries. But anyway, so Deborah's written that book called Unleashing Your Genius because of her strong desire for students and realized the actual power of transformation and education. And it, I am super, super excited about the new release in Amazon just two days after its launch. So definitely go grab your copy at that at that website. And I encourage you to take advantage of her offer today and see if you can also talk to her about maybe if you're a Gen Z, you need to reach out to Gen Z students. So maybe talk to you even and, um, and reach out about, can they open up a chapter in their yeah. area? Okay, so you're open to working, partnering with them and opening up chapters in, in their local state. So, and states all around the world. So, well, around the country specifically, because you focus in the United States, correct? Yes, but I'd definitely be open to going international. So, there you go. Never be you afraid to reach out. You heard that on W4CY.com. So, yeah, you get to go international and help your, your country and state with that initiative as well. So, you're, um, I just really want you to go to W4CY.com radio and go to Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio um, Mastery Radio Show. And you will be glad that you could take advantage of this gift and also get a chance to talk to her. She's really got an amazing mindset and a really good spirit of helping people. So all the links will be on our radio show afterwards. And 
Um, you also get the rings for the replays as well. So this ends the segment of our show, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Reed Mason. And until next week, y'all be safe, and we'll be going to a commercial break. Go to our radio page and check out the gifts from our speakers. Until next time, this is Marketing Mindset Mastery Radio Show with your host, Marie Mason. Are you ready? Ready to say farewell, television, and hello, real world. Ready to regain that sense of wonder that comes with a packed suitcase. Amtrak Virginia is ready too, with big cozy seats, windows that let you binge watch natural beauty as you travel, free Wi-Fi, and special fares that give you 15% off trips in Virginia and D.C. So, where to Virginia? Go to AmtrakVA.com for reservations.